Only the leagues. Only the Alliance leagues. Very welcome to the Alliance Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show. My name is Paul Rouse and I'm joined by the former Armagh footballer Oisín McConville and by the former Cork footballer Patrick Kelly. Oisín, you called it, said it from the start, Dublin are relegated. Yeah, well, if you look through your notes, Paul, um, you'll find that. I don't <laughs> think any of us, any of us uh, were, were tipping up the dubs to get relegated. But uh, yeah, I suppose... Uh, it was a game that had everything, uh, maybe bar a scrap, but it was it was um, it was full blooded. It was it had loads of quality in it. Um, the stri- the the thing for me is actually that as much as you know, people the story will be that the Dubs are relegated. Uh, they've improved dramatically from from the start of the season, um, and they probably have a semblance now of. Uh, or something to walk on going into the championship, and and they have a point to prove. So uh, it's significant in one way, um, and but maybe less significant in, in in another. And I think the 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 thing about Marlon is that you know what a story they've been. I think is it eight or nine years now that they've they've maintained that Division One status. They've they've found a home at 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 position six for some time now, but but. Uh, you know the the way they won the game. I mean, they looked comfortable at times, and then you know looked as if they were just clawing and hanging on. You know, at the end. But for the, for Dublin to come back into the game the way they did, and for uh, Marlon to go and kick the the score to win it again, like it, it had all the hallmarks of we've seen this before. It's just the Dubs are the are the um, are the victims in this occasion. It's. It's yeah. It, it is one thing to say that they are a lot better than they were at the beginning of the league, but they were really poor at the beginning of the league. What we can say with certainty, though, is that they are nowhere near the team that won six in a row. They're. I tell you what. What they're not. What they're not anymore. They're, I don't think they scare people anymore. I don't think you know teams are going in against the Dubs thinking there's no way we can get at them. And maybe people always thought there was a way that we could get at, get at them. But I just don't think they punish you as much anymore either. I'm actually really impressed with what they've done probably between the the two Ds uh, since, you know, the start of the league, since they were losing games. Uh, and they started to sort it out. Okay, they were still beat against Kildare. They started to sort it out then. Um, and they've continued to improve that. Um, but they're just not as they're not as decisive up front as, as they once were. Um and they don't scare teams anymore, and they have come back to the pack in a massive way. And yet, you know, if you're thinking of a team that could that could turn it around and win in All Ireland, uh, when you see the other teams in the league, I mean, is there any, you know, the other teams that are going to be challenged for the All Ireland? I'd say Dublin are in the top five as far as you know, challenging for an All Ireland. So. Um, they haven't they've they haven't gone away, but they have definitely dr- 
dipped significantly and might have mentioned this before once the aura goes um things get a lot tougher because when teams are coming with the expectancy of of winning and we even seen that today with with Monaghan Monaghan in the past playing against Dublin yeah they've made it tough for them but they've usually succumbed to to the, to the Dublin challenge so um today was significant I thought in the fact that uh, Monaghan never really looked as if they were overly scared by what Dublin had done Paddy the aura is gone or do you see it differently no, I'd agree. Absolutely, 100%. Um, I, look, I, I always kind of felt that Cluxton was the crucial thing. Once he went, I just thought he was such a, a pivotal character in the dressing room, but also as a, as a player, just in those clutch moments, he just always produced and just got them going again. But again, to just put into perspective, like they'll go off to Leinster now, you know, who's going to take them out of Leinster? You know, Kildare went down with them. Mead were, were middling Division Two. Um, you know, so there's... there's it's highly likely anyone will catch them in Leinster. So, you know, we're fast forwarding, I don't know, we're fast forwarding six, seven, eight weeks until they, they reach an all Ireland knockout game. You know, there'll be a massive amount of work done there. Um, you know, as Oshie mentioned, they've improved hugely from the opening couple of rounds when they were at, in disarray. So, like, well, it's great to be excited about it. And I, I agree with Oshie, like, they've slipped. You know, I, I still don't think I'd put them outside the top two. Um, just just with the, the experience they have and the ability they have. Um, but again, Who's your top two, so? I'd, I'd say Kerry and, and um, Dublin. I know, look, not getting carried away with, with the league, with Kerry and all that, but uh, top four for me, Tyrone, Mayo, Kerry, Dublin. I think they're ahead of everyone else. I think you put in the next bracket then. I think Galway come up from Division 2. I think, you know, Armad, Danny Gall, Monaghan. I think throw, you could throw your hat on those those teams. They're probably capable of beating any one of the top four, but whether they can go and beat two of the top four to win All-Ireland, to me, looks a stretch at the moment. But still, it's brilliant. We're talking about... We're talking about four serious contenders and probably another bracket of four who could, I think, could take any of the other top four out. So um, I just think it's a very exciting, if you know, look at the top, the top eight, ten teams. I think it's it's the most exciting it's been in a long, long time. Um, I won't get too excited about the Dubs demise just yet. Um, it'll be nice to see them back in, in Cork's division next year, um, albeit not the, the top division, but still. Um, you know, what a day, what a day of, of, of GA. Like, it was right from the off once Monaghan went ahead. Like, it was... You were constantly checking and, and seeing what else was going on. It was just uh, a feast of football. I got. Uh, I just if you look at the the teams who are going to be in Division One next year: Kerry, Mayo, Armagh, Donegal, Tyrone, Monaghan, Roscommon, and Galway. So people who listen to the podcast regularly will be familiar with my friend Larry Strain from Oma, who sent a kind of a predicting text in the middle of last summer when he was in good form basically calling out Tyrone to win the league. So his latest gambit is to suggest that Kerry move to the northwest and you create a regional league. That such is the disarray that Leinster football's in, that the rest of Munster football's in, and that it would apart from anything else it'll save on everyone's mileage. But what is going on with Gaelic football that that it is really dominated by by but but now well in the Northwest in terms of Division One. I would feel like from, from Cork and again, the weekend we've had, you know, we've had the hurlers winning the semi-final and the buzz is back with the hurling. I've always looked at, at the Northern teams and think there's there's more of an obsession about football up there. There's, you know, we used to love going up there playing playing away from home and just the crowds and the buzz there. You know, we're kind of marooned down here. We've carried next door to us, but like there's a bit of a, a gap then up, up there. Um, 
as you said, there's three. You're in a hostage situation down there. Paddy. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose, look, there's, to be fair, you say there's there's only Kerry in top vision. Limerick are after coming up now, and Clare and Cork have survived. So there's three most teams in the, in the Division 2. Connacht is interesting. There's three in the top division, and the, the, the other three, including London, are in the, in the fourth division. So there's a nice, nice gap there. And look, it just highlights the farcical situation we have with the, the provincial system. Um, you know, it wouldn't be brilliant today if it ended and you've got, you know, fine, you've the league finals next week, but in maybe three or four weeks, you know, teams are seeded from this, their finishes here in the league and off we go into knockout championship and stuff like that. Um, but look, we are where we are. Ulster's always, Ulster's always dominant. Look, they have four, regularly four counties in the top division. Um, Derry were unlucky not to go up, I think, to be fair. Just the way the fixtures fell for Derry, you know, Galway, I don't want to say they threw the game, but, um, you know, Derry were very unlucky not to go up, but um, Roscommon uh, uh, totally deserved it, but, um, you know, the league doesn't lie, like, you've the, the, you know, four or five top quality Ulster teams up there deserved it, so. Uh, Oshin, did Armagh want to beat Donegal today? It certainly didn't seem like it, but you know, looking at the changes that Armagh made, but I suppose that it was really Armagh's prerogative today to do whatever they wanted to do. And I think they earned the right to do that, and I think that's what happens in the league. And I think also you had a fair idea that Mayo were going to have enough for Kildare, and I think um, there's there's some of those players probably have played quite a a, a lot of football. Um, as regards almost every minute of every league game and today was probably an opportunity to see what other people had to offer are you going to get that opportunity again you know no uh, uh, did Armagh have that opportunity during the early rounds of the league no because um, they were always going to fight first and foremost for survival now the first two results really really helped that and, and you know there, there has been a, a, bitter t- a bit of tinkering I suppose since a few guys have got an opportunity that maybe might not really have expected to get an opportunity uh, and a good bit of game time. So um, it didn't seem like a Paul. Definitely didn't seem as if Armagh were too pushed on whether they won or not. But I think obviously at half time to realise, look, we've we've a, we a shout of winning this thing. Let's let's kick on. And and I suppose if if you're looking at results or looking at scores, I'm not sure what Kildare were up at half. Oh, what uh, Mayo were up at half time, but. It, it ebbed and flowed most of the first half that that uh, that Mayo Kildare game and Kildare were probably still well in it, um, and then before Mayo put it to bed, so uh, it didn't seem like it, but it seemed as if that um, the thinking slightly changed um, as the game went on, um, and probably was a game that realistically they probably could and should have won. Um, Paddy, what would your mindset be if? Two weeks down the road from a league match, you were playing the same team in a championship match, or three weeks down the road. So Armagh Donegal played today, but play again in the first round of the Ulster Football Championship. How would you be approaching that match? Yeah, it's a tricky one. Like I, I think back to thousand, I think 11, 11 or twelve, we played Mayo in the last league, or could even ten, and we were already through to the league final, and they would have been through to the league final if they beat us. And, and we put out uh, essentially a second-string team and they won it and came through the final. We ended up beating them then in the league final. Um, with Kerry, we never really we never really had that with Kerry in terms of being a very, you know, from league to championship, it was never too close. But, like, it all depends on what was on the line. As, as O'Sheen said, you know, Armagh probably knew Mayo would have enough. So, you know, you don't want to show your full hand, but it's so close. 
Um, Galway certainly didn't want to with, with Ross Common either. So, but as he said, look, they've earned the right to say by Kerry, whoever was top of the table today and was safe in the league final, they've earned the right to, to, to rotate a bit because you know you have a panel of 30, 34, 36 lads. You know, geez, if you went out and played the same 15 again today, you'd have a lot of lads who are thinking this is, this is not worth my while to stick around for the summer. So, there's there has to be an element of squad rotation there. Um, and, and that's that's perfectly fair. And you see people complaining about it, but. You know, as I said, you, you know, you, you are the right to, to pick your pick your team and, and rotate when you want. Um, yeah, like Cork, Cork now six weeks, so it all depends on the gap. Like two three weeks is, is very little. Like you've no you've no hard slog, you've no massive yeah work to be done there. So um, you certainly probably didn't want to show too much in terms of kickouts and, and your your tactics and stuff like that. So um, that's the unfortunate thing today. Probably about today is there's a bit of shadow boxing, um, but look, it still was it still was a fantastic day. Um, you know, we've spoken before maybe about a 1A, 1B, and where you could get semi-finals, you know, crossing over like they have in the hurling. Um, might, might bring a bit more to it in terms of more at stake, but um, still we've, we've got a, she's just, today only just highlight how, how good the league is and how how we long for this kind of competitive action between the, the best teams or teams at the same level at least. Um, Oisín, what Tyrone did today in going to Killarney and winning? First time Kerry have been beaten in Killarney in a league match in 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 I think it's five or six years. How how significant is that? Yeah, very significant because <clears throat> for a couple of reasons. Um, I think uh, Jerome went down there. Obviously, you know they're they're playing for their lives. Um, they will go down with a few memories from what uh, happened um, last year. Uh, but I do think that. Um, it's all right, you know, having the bit between your teeth going down there, and it's all right, you know, having more to play for than Kerry have. But to actually go down there, I actually think I I thought going into this game that Kerry were a more dangerous animal this weekend because they had very little to play for, and because you know they play a few fringe players and and probably try out a few lads and try a few different things. And I thought that actually be more dangerous because of the sort of players they have, but. Uh, Tyrone, that's just that's just a Tyrone result. That's that's all over a Tyrone result just to go down there and and upset the odds and and you know for a team that looked in trouble at the start of the day to go down there and and finish you know um, I'm, I'm not saying convincingly win today but convincingly stay in the division and uh, and like people wonder you know, what all the fuss was about but um, I think Tyrone will have learned a good bit from this league. And uh, Tyrone always need a why and a cause, and I think they'll have they'll have got plenty of that during this league because of you know uh, because of being written off and different things like that, and and some of the performances just weren't up to it, and that's a stick for um, for the two boys to beat them to beat the players with, and and uh, they'll be expecting a lot more, and you could see that. There was a serious disappointment, I think, in, in particular, um, the Dublin game. Just, you know, how they played, how they performed, uh, you know, how they conducted themselves, all that sort of thing. So I think uh, there's been a lot of sorting out, I'd say, in that camp. And, and uh, that's a serious reaction. Uh, that's a serious reaction to go down there and win that game. So it's a very, very true result. I think we've t- a couple of other things to talk about before we move on from from Division One, and 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 the first one is Kildare. I think it's I think Kildare had a really fine league, Oshin, but ultimately they're back in Division Two. Uh, they they will get a lot from the league as well, Paul. I think 
Um, I think the the majority of the games we played in were they were uh, very competitive in, um, but they probably they probably realise now you just how tough it is, you know, to be able to um, sustain the run that that whenever you're playing in Division One, like I've said it in numerous occasions, it's very unforgiving. If you're just a wee bit off, you just get, you just get so badly punished. And even some of the discrepancies or the the balls they give away today, like Mayo just ultimately punished them and they just kept driving at them and driving at them and driving at them. And uh, until, you know, Kildare eventually succumbed to the pressure. I think there's a lot of learning in it for, for Kildare, but you're right. I think it's a big blow um, going back to Division 2. I think they built up serious momentum at different times during the league. I think there's a serious belief in uh, in the management structure and the management team. I think that's it's the first time in a while that that has happened. Um, but yeah, ultimately they f- they found themselves in Division Two, and I don't I don't think that's going to help them as far as their progression goes. But um, that's not a that it turns out that's not that bad a league now next year. Um, you know, Kildare, Dublin, Meath. Uh, Larry, Derry, Clare, Cork. Uh, Cork. So <laughs> uh, they'll do well to get back out of there as well. That's the other thing. But I think as far as progression goes, it's not ideal. Not ideal at all. And and the f- the final thing on Division One, if if you're carrying Mayo, you're you're going after the final next weekend, Paddy. And how significant is it to win that final? Oh, absolutely, going after. Yeah, I think it, for both teams, it's it's huge because. Again, like for Kerry in particular, a month's tried for Kerry, I don't know how many they've gone for around 2012. They were beaten two years ago with the late goal. I, honestly, yeah, well, I mean, it, it's, it's very little value to them anymore. Yeah. It's, it's all about the All-Ireland, but the league is the next biggest thing. And another opportunity to play up in Crow Park, to play a huge game, because again, it's been mentioned that they have fallen short in the last three, four years in, in big, big games. And I do think you put on a league final as another, another huge game against one of the real All-Ireland contenders. So Jack O'Connor back in, I think he'd love just to bring that bit of aura, that bit of confidence to the to the group. Um, you know, they, they this weekend would have been a, a down weekend in terms of stress, in terms of you know the intensity of preparation for a match, but they'll ramp it right back up because again, it suits perfectly for them to get to the league final. Out of all the teams, they've a they've a six week gap to Cork. That will bridge that very, very nicely for them. Um, you know, with the split season again, the there's no one match at club for the the one-off game, so they'll have they'll have full access to those players for the next six weeks. I think they're they're a squad who are going to be really, really, uh, you know, a couple of years up in in a month and a half time. So, um, I for me, Kerry badly to win that. They need to stamp down that they're the the, the main contenders. Um, I know Shane's mentioned before that he fancies them for the league and, and maybe not the ch- the championship. But all you can do is is you know, win the next one and, and prove that you're 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 the best right now or you're the best shape right now. And um Kerry will Kerry will love to to Jack O'Connor especially would love to get that bit of silverware just to, as I said, that bit of aura. Um Mayo, I don't think they'd be as concerned. I think things are things will get serious for them sooner. So um but for them to make a league find just another another big game up there, um, you know, it's I think the, most teams would take that in, in a heartbeat. I think yeah, Mayo Mayo, I, I, Two weeks, sorry, Oshin. Mayo played Galway two weeks after the league final. So so they, they put their team out and go for it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think as well, I think there's a, there's a bit of comfort in knowing that 
the team you're coming up against are also have also got a league final. Maybe not of the same quality or intensity, but uh, they still have a league final. I think there's a there's a good bit of comfort in in, in that, and I think winning the league la- last year did Mayo absolutely no harm whatsoever. So um, I think there's uh, I think both teams will just go after it. As simple simple as that, and I think um, I get the impression that James Horn still doesn't know what his what his best team is, and maybe we might even see that next week. If we move to Division Two and Let's be clear about this. If the result in, in the Maracanã and Tullamore had ended up slightly differently, we would have been leading with this and maybe even have had a Netflix series uh, about it. But but um, the big game in terms of relegation was Cork against Offaly in, in Tullamore. Cork won 21, Offaly won 20. What, what did you think of it, Paddy? Yeah, look, as a Cork person, first of all, it's it's relief. Um, it was one of those games where performance, I don't think, counts for a huge amount. Um, just We just had to survive because I saw there the, the list of teams who will compete in the San Maguire versus list of teams who will compete in the Talton and even O'Sheen went through the Division 2 teams there for next year. Like Division 2 next year is a serious, a serious league. You know, Dobbs, Mead, Kildare, Derry, Clare, um, and even Limerick now coming up as well to join and Loud, of course, but um, I do think if Cork had dropped to Division 3 like we did a few years ago, I don't think it would be any value. I think we would be too strong. And that's not it's not being arrogant because I'm well aware of our our position, but I don't think it would develop Cork as much as next year's Division 2 would. Um, I, I don't think, obviously, Cork are not a realistic All-Ireland contenders, but still, absolutely massive win. Um, you know, two weeks ago after they lost to me, they were one point from five games, you know, staring into, into the abyss. And to be fair to them, they, they changed tact a bit. They went very defensive against Down, and again today the extra two defenders were there. And now we still can see the one twenty, which is a uh, is a bit of a mystery. But um, look, we're 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 not at it physically. I don't think you know, especially defenders. We don't have the physical size to stop fellas one to one or even with numbers back. We're not disciplined enough in the tackle either. But you saw today what we have going forward: Stephen Sherlock and Colin Manny and Brian Hardy as well. Um, we've got a midfield now. I think you know where. Ian McGuire looks wrecked to me. He still managed to keep on going. He had such a long season with the Bears. Came pretty much straight back in with Cork. Um, and Colin McCallum from the next door club there, Aero. I think he's settled well now as the as the fall team. McGuire, who's wearing 12th day midfield. For yeah. the, he caught the, key kickouts in the second half. When he did, yeah. He, he, gave, he caught up a couple of loose, loose balls in open play, but I thought he was very, very effective. Uh, he kicked two points or, or got two points from play. Um, so again, look, Cork are starting to settle maybe a bit. I think, to be fair, to the start of the season, I know that they had 60 or 70 lads training back in October, November. Like, it's very difficult to whittle down a, a, a team or a squad and then a team and then tactics. So they were always going to play catch-up. I think it's coming together a bit in terms of the personnel. Like You have to remember Sean Powder's out, Sean Meehan's out. They would be your three and six probably. Um, Liam O'Donovan as well would be five, number five. So you know you have a backline out. Um, so to survive, it's not a, it's not an amazing achievement, but at the same time, it's it's enough, and that's all we needed for now. Um, I mentioned six weeks to carry. That's a bit of a free hit again. I know it's a bit defeatist, but you know, carry your top of Division One, and we're we're just scraping past Division Two, so it's a free hit, and then you're into a qualifier in, in the All Ireland, and you just hope that a bit of stability for next year. That same group come back, and there's there's no massive need for trials and, and new fellas in on weights and stuff. That this group will develop. Um, they'll be physically stronger, you know, tactically more astute. And that next year's league, 
you know, we can consolidate again in Division 2 and, and then start slowly looking to get back into the top table. But just massive relief today, and you'll be you'll be delighted for them because you know you know yourself when things aren't coming well into county, it's a it's a tough station because all you get is abuse. So um, they'll be delighted. I'm sure they, they they'll hopefully have a bit of a celebration tonight just to to park the league before moving on to the to face Kerry. Yeah, it was an, I, I was down at it, and it was um, it was an extraordinary game of football, in the sense that for the first ten minutes, you looked at Cork; they were six points up. And you looked at Cork and the question wasn't really how were they at the bottom of the Division 2, but how weren't they going for five or six in a row? They were ripping Offaly to shreds. They looked like they were going to score from everywhere. And then slowly but surely Offaly got into the game and with two or three minutes left, Offaly had got to two points ahead and there really only looked like one winner in the game at that stage. And then Offaly produced a series of mistakes which handed the ball back to Cork on several occasions and one really, really poor refereeing decision as well, which which uh, for an over carry out the field, a really crucial decision, um, which turned it as well. That's not to argue, by the way, that Cork didn't deserve to win. I think when, when the music stopped, Cork were ahead. But defensively, both teams were absolutely at sea defensively. From an awfully point of view, they couldn't track from wing back and wing forward. And from a Cork point of view, they had bodies back, but they had no one making a tackle. And it it wasn't like Offaly scored 120 and could have had a lot more than that. Cork scored 121 and they wouldn't have been flattered with about 324. It was it was as if neither team really were, 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 were defensively set up at all. And I think it is a real blow to Offaly football to go back to Division 3. I think it was it was it was a very disappointing start to the game and awfully aren't good enough to give a team any team a six point start and it was to their credit that they stayed at it but they were so poor for the first 20 minutes that you 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 leave yourself vulnerable at that point what did you think of it Oshin? You definitely expend a lot of energy trying to get yourself back into the game. And then, you know, I think that eventually comes back and, and bites and hurts you. Um, I think it would be fair to say that I have outlined Cork's deficiencies in the last uh, months, years, weeks. Um, and those deficiencies are largely still there, Paul. Um, but I would say this about them. Today, when it was put up to them in a massive way. I thought the response was was brilliant um, from those Cork players. As I say, I, I'm I'm well aware of the deficiencies, and I could I can give you a, I can give you a full file page on, of stuff on them. But um, they definitely, when it was put up to them today, when it would have been very easy um, to down tools, um, they fought for absolutely everything, and uh, I suppose. When you're thinking about people, when you're thinking about teams and and the issues they have and the problems they have and how they are defensively and how they are in transition and tracking runners and and uh, and how efficient they are up front and all those things, um, at the same time, like the mark of the man is is uh, how to respond when the backs are to the wall. And I thought it was incredible for both teams. As I say, like lots of things that could have went in a different way. I thought. Uh, awfully shooting at times was poor decision making up front was poor um, but 
uh, I have to say, a hats off to um, to Cork to come back from where they were. As I say, given what has gone on in Cork, given the recent history, it would have been very, very sim- simple to uh, to down tools, but they, they didn't, and uh, and I have to give them a huge amount of credit for that because I don't think I've given them that much credit in the last in the last number of years. Um, and a special mention for Neil McNamee, who was who was. On a different planet than everybody else in the pitch, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I'll second that. I thought, I thought Ian McGuire was heroic. Ian McGuire was very good too. Yeah. Hero, heroic around the middle, and he did unbelievable work up and down the field, winning ball to them. And the cock had a little bit of quality inside, which, yeah. which for all that Offaly defended well, Offaly were kind of in huge trouble, really supping water. Jordan Hayes tried really hard around the middle, but Offaly were really taking on water. Uh, around the middle, but inside again, it was it was a it was a Niall McNamee masterclass in in inside and in how to take on a defence where he was outnumbered, often two or three to one, uh, but just awfully couldn't get enough enough quality ball inside um, to 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 win to win the game. Actually, a really interesting thing about Paddy, there was a really small crowd at the match. There was a there was a slightly better crowd from Offaly than there were there. Last week, and there was a big crowd in the terrace, and there was a whole lot of kids up from Cork who were up playing football matches earlier, who were great fun. Um, they, they seemed to enjoy the game, but but there were, I think there were sixteen thousand at the hurling on Saturday night. Large crowd from Cork there, and Cork football supporters didn't really travel. No, never, never tend to. Um, they look. We hardly travel to Parky Heaver, Parky Rin, let alone up the country. So. Look, it's a bit of it's down to geography in Cork, you know, the, the heart of, of football will be, will be West Cork and then kind of do hollow direction. So, like, they have a fair bit of travel to even get to our home games. You know, I know that's the same probably for any of the bigger companies, like Donegal or Mayo or whatever. But, yeah, look, look I recall back in 2011, just after we are, and, and our, our first home league game was against Monaghan. Um, we played Kerry and Dublin away, and, and the crowd was pitiful. Um, and look, while, while you while you put put it down as a player, you, you, you play it down. You say it doesn't have a huge impact. Just the energy that a crowd gives you, um, I appreciate it can go the other way too when things are, are not going for you. But just that bit of a buzz and that that, that cheering of scores and stuff. I was at the down game last week, and again it was it was so quiet. Like Cork, you hear every call, every every instruction from from the keeper or whatever. So it's. Look, there's a small band of, of followers who always go to Cork games. Um, it's it's getting and it's gotten a lot smaller. It's it's family and a handful of others. I think probably go to those away league games, but um, it's 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 far less than the players deserve. But at the same time, look, there's there's huge commitments. Otherwise, I would have a big issue. Last week, we, we played down at home at one o'clock, and there was there was three or four league games played around the city. You know, um, at twelve o'clock and, and clashing with. The football, I just feel like as a as a county, if you're playing at home at all, you know you should have you should have your club league games well clear of that fixture. Um, you know, play the game in the city tours beforehand, as we have to, to rock up to Park Key or Park Green. But you know, we need all the support we can get. And if there's young lads who play senior football or adult club football, they're mad keen to support Cork, so they'd, they'd come if they were there. So a few small things like that, we don't do ourselves any favor. I'd love to get a league game back down west. You know, County have a, a fantastic facility, but I don't think the logistics w- would work for us. But um, yeah, look, it's look, we're always living in the shadows as car footballers. The hurlers, the buzz is back there. The crowd is huge. They got a massive crowd there against Watford in the league final now as well, and, and fair play to them. But look, you're always a bit envious as a footballer. But um, I'd like to say 
you know, get the results in the crows will follow, but that's been proven not to be the case either. So look, you just you make do again, all that matters is the cliche about what's inside the group and that back from team. That's the reality. But look, the crows will come in the big games, but you know you're you know what you're in for. Um and look, when you when you play teams like Offley from predominantly hurling counties, that's no respect to football fraternity up there, but um, you know, two two sides like that meeting is going to be a very small crowd, unfortunately. I I think by the way the celebrations of the of the Cork crowd who were there on the field afterwards and the players ju- just showed how important it was for them and, and I think it should be said for that group of Cork players they they have shaped a fair lot of abuse uh, and and criticism and it says a bit about them that they stayed at it I do agree with Ushin said there and one of the teams they will play in Division Two next year Paddy is Limerick um, what's happening in Limerick football. Yeah, incredible stuff. Like I, I thought last week down were the worst intercounty senior county team I've seen play Cork in the flesh since Limerick 2019. I think we we hammered Limerick and Parker in, and to see the change that's come, Billy Lee to be fair, stuck it out, and the tide has turned massively. Like to, to to you know gain promotion up to Division Three and then consolidate and, and push on again um, is brilliant because like the Limerick side I faced in the noughties were were outstanding. Like they were so unlucky not to. Turn ourselves or carry over and, and win a, a monster. monster. Yeah, and they um, But look, they they, they kind of uh, sank a fair, but they're coming back again. And again, it's great. We've got Limerick, Clare, Cork all operating division two. Um, that turnaround from Limerick is phenomenal. Um, because who's the best Limerick footballer you played against from that era? Oh, tough one. I well, I go to Mark Stephen Lavin a bit from half back, like just. Fast tenacious, obviously Galvin and stuff was probably stand up. Johnny McCarthy was an unbelievably tough defender. Um, that team were just like they kind of defied logic because they were always they were tend to operate about division, division four and not not be up to a huge fight in the league, and then all of a sudden just ferociously competitive, ferociously aggressive and physical. Um, and we look well, you're you wouldn't want to see them get one over on you. There was a few times when you were cheering them on against Kerry. I remember ball dropping under the crossbar there. Yeah, um, just. The nearly men, I suppose, at that time and deserve more. But I, I see uh, Shawnee Buckley is in coaching the minors and stuff. It's good to see. I know Pat Rannan is doing a lot of work there as well. So, like, they're look, it's, it's difficult, as I said, in, in a, in a probably hurling county. You know, you're really living off scraps in terms of um, development squads. You know, if anyone has half a chance of going, doing both, they pick the, they pick the hurling. So, um, it's great to see it because, um, like in Munster, we could do with. We could do with you know one or one or two more teams pushing towards Division One just to make it that bit more competitive. What do you think of Loud as well, Oshin? They're up, they're up joining Limerick, going up from Division Three. Um, I well, when I when I'm doing uh, the podcast with yourself, Paul, I, I I use this this room all the time, as you probably know from the background. But I had a few notes from uh, from the first weekend. I just looked at the team that started for Lowe that day and the team that started today, and I think it's seven or eight changes with about yeah. six or seven positional changes. So I watched the first day they played against Leash. Um, this is no joke. Lowe had five very, very, very good goal chances in the early part of that game. They ended up losing the game, uh, give away some shocking uh, scores, but they have, they have sorted themselves out themselves out in an unbelievable way um, Paddy mentioned about um, 
the simple thing, and we talk, probably talked about this a little bit over the last couple of weeks as well, is enthusiasm and uh, and uh, a county going in the one direction. And in fairness, uh, they seem to have sorted it out at board level, um, and they have put a, a good lads together. Former a lot of former players have come in. Um, a steering committee. Um, you know they have obviously a, a new. Um, stadium on the horizon as well they just seem to be at last to be moving to where they should be moving and um, the fact that that isn't Dundalk as well is a, is a massive thing because predominantly that's where the majority of players in and around Dundalk are coming from um, I suppose the the thing about about Loud is that anybody who's been at their, their training ground they have an unbelievable facility in, in Davar as far as uh, you know, training and all that is concerned, and I think the next thing they needed was a home base, somewhere that young lads can aspire to go and play in. And I think that, as much as that is down the line a little bit, I think this particular group of players, uh, were striving, have been striving for a lot more. I probably know a lot more about it than most because I've seen a lot of these guys come through the college in Dundalk, um, and. They've always been. I've always said that it's a huge. As far as the talent pool is concerned, um, the talent pool is huge. For some reason, it just didn't seem to be coming through. There's other things, you know, going on, and um, they don't seem to commit as much to the to the county stuff. I think when Mickey Hard and Gavin Devlin come in, um, there was a few surprise omissions straight away, um, and I think when in an era not that long ago where every most players um not most players that's wrong a lot of players opted out of going in with loud um you know there was a lot of players who were clambering to get back into that setup when they come through the doors and that says a lot you know just that instant impact it was helped by results and promotion um Personally speaking, I didn't think. I thought maybe another year or two before they, they would get to Division Two. They have been here before now. Yeah, they that, have. Yeah, not that long ago, and and went straight back down and went to Division Four. Um, is this sustainable? Um, there's a good crop of young lads coming up. I think it was a massive blow to them last week. They got they got an awful um, hammering by uh, Dublin in the minors. Um, I think there was those high hopes for some of those minor lads as well. So. Like, um, I do think that when you look at when I look at Louth and I, and I think of the players that they have at their disposal at the minute, I think you know Division Two is is probably where they um should be, but they're going to be pushed to stay there. But um, I don't think they're a Division Four team anymore. So, you know the the renewed enthusiasm and the quality of players they have, and I think they found out a good bit about themselves during the league as well. Some of the guys who were probably operating okay in Division Four last year have proved themselves probably not just after when they've when they've risen up that that uh, the ranks, and some of the young lads that have come in have, have done really really well. They used to playing at this level. Some of the lads who are maybe in Dundalk, but also some of the guys who you have up there, uh, UCD, DCU, and um, some of the guys who are playing college football elsewhere. I've got exposure to it. I've realised that you know they're as good as the next lad. Um, and then what they have to add to that is the work ethic, and I think they seem to have everything in place now in order for 
those guys to be as as competitive as they are being now. Um, they just need that to be sustainable. And the fact that Mickey Hart now seems to be there to 2025 uh, will help that because there's a certain um, bandwa- is bandwagon the right word? Probably not the right word. Momentum. Momentum and, and and the people who seem to be all of a sudden interested in what's happening in Louth and and business people. You know the way people talk about Dundalk soccer. being a soccer town and Drogheda being a soccer town? Is 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 Gaelic football enough of a priority for enough people in Loud for them to really gather the kind of momentum? Because Loud, Loud, there's great footballers in Loud, and some Loud have produced some lovely club footballers, and they always seemed to have a county team that that really wasn't very far away, but were short one or two. Is 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 the block if we can call it that by the priority that appears to be given to soccer by a lot of people in Dundalk, the major urban centres in Loud, is that is that surmountable? Yeah, I think I think Dundalk now is more a, a, a GA town than it is a soccer town. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah I think that I think it definitely it definitely is. I think there's a huge focus on what's happening uh, in Dundalk. And I think as much as I have said, you know, that you know it's great that that the that this new stadium is in isn't Dundalk and not Drahad, I think that will help, but there's a there's a lot of a lot of gays in that team. Obviously, Sam Roy doesn't lift that that far from Drahad and and a few other lads who are obviously at the top of the tree as far as that loud team are concerned. But I would say that that um that Dundalk now has been taken over by GA in a, in a in a huge way, and there's a lot of work being on at going on at the development level and schools level that have managed to do that. I suppose the next the next part of that jigsaw now is to try and get. Some of those Dundalk schools, I know they, they do a combined schools, but to get those up into into um, A and B grade, you know, rather than playing where they're playing, so there's still a good. Bit yeah, not a combined a, school, so they should be able to field yeah. individual schools. Yeah, teams. I, I think there's still a body of work to be done there, but I think definitely you couldn't say Dundalk is a is a is a soccer town anymore. I think it's more. And a, a Paddy, if if we if we if we apply the same principle to Limerick. And maybe if you look at the evidence from Cork at the end, by the same token, what is the ceiling for Limerick footballers, given the power of hurling? And if we throw rugby into the equation as well, what is the ceiling for, 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 for Limerick footballers? Look, in, in the current format, them playing in Division 2 was a huge achievement. Them staying in Division 2 would be unbelievable. When you, when you list out those names, I mean, who, who you want to say who would be favourites for a relegation next year? It would be Limerick. And and loud maybe, um, throwing throw maybe Cork and Clare would probably be in that conversation. Um, so like for them to be relegated, you know, again similar to Kildare from Division One, you know, it's it's not necessarily a failure to be relegated. Sometimes that's just your level, you know, you're you're punching above your weight or you're at the bottom. Like you could throw a hat over Kildare and Monaghan and Galway, Roscommon. You know, there's there's very little there year on year. The OYO teams. Limerick to stay up in Division 2 would be an unbelievable achievement. Um, I think, let's not forget Clare either. They've stayed up again comfortably this year. Comfortably, was, yeah. Like There was no danger today, given the goal difference. That they, a draw today would have meant all teams on four, but that was never, never yeah. going to happen. So again, like for them to be, again, a predominantly hurling county, albeit back west, there's, there's massive football territory there. Um, but look, it's, it's one of these things that I don't think people, so maybe Oshin, like the likes of our man, 
teams like that where it's predominantly football, you don't you don't appreciate the difficulties you have when you're when you're in a in a hurling county. It's it's just the numbers. Even if you look at looking at Cork teams there that won won uh, all Ireland and stuff like Jack Callano with the twenties, he's not playing football with the other twenties this year. Um, you know, he's concentrating on hurling. Like if you go back to the 2016, 17 or, or captain in the other and finding it's Mayo, Sean, I don't know who the cornerback for the hurlers No, you know, you lose these players, you know, and you think oh you've savage teams coming through, but it's the top two or three lads you want and, and when they drift the other way, it's similarly like 10, 15 years ago, like we got Aidan Walsh, we got Kieran Sheehan, Colm O'Neill. These lads could easily have gone hurling, but they, they came they came our way maybe because of the way the tide was going. Um that's so important. That battle is always there, like the the day of the jewel player probably at minor level is, is almost gone. You know, you're almost asking yourself to declare that soon because you probably don't want to waste the resources of coaching into a fellow who might up sticks and go go hurling instead um three years later. So it is very, very difficult. Like the Limerick Limerick to get up to division two was a massive achievement. I thought today all the pressure on them at home was for mana and they, they backed it up and won it won it looking like they were always ahead and always always kept them at arm's length and it's um as I said, look as a monster man to see to see Claire Cork and Limerick there next year. Obviously Claire's top table, Tip getting promoted as well. You know, it's it's only Waterford now down in division four. So that's that's probably as good as it's ever been for for Munster football in terms of uh seedings. I think I think I, I think I look Paul, I look at the um the Arma Arma situation over the last uh, well, probably since Geezer's been there, seven or eight years we 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 yo-yo between Division Two and Three, and then we got to Division Two, and we were sustainable in Division Two, and then uh, we were able to get into Division One. And I think for uh, it's important for for uh, just like Paddy said, for a team like Limerick, sustainability, just staying in that division, just doing exactly what Clare have done, and you would there's a possible argument, um, that uh, after a number of years two three four years in division two that might be a prospect of 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 limerick kicking on even further but it's essential that you know you're able to sustain yourself in division two and then uh, look to push it's i was looking at the the record of kieran mcginney there this first four years with armagh promoted from division three the first year relegated from division two the second year didn't get promoted out of Division 3 the third year, but went up the fourth year. And then things took off from there. Established in Division 2 and now established in Division 1. Comfortable there and and looking forward to another year there. And I think it's it's to avoid just a panic reaction to something, to something going wrong. But if you look at the bottom of Division 3, Longford managed to survive again in the last thing. They've done an unbelievable job. Long a very small county, limited resources, stayed at it. But Leash celebrating the O'Byrne Cup win against Dublin just a couple of months ago and now back in Division 4 relegated with, with Wicklow, whereas conversely, Cavan and Tipperary, as you predicted, O'Sheen, up from Division 4 um, and like it should really not have been in Division 4 in the first place. No, but the leash one is a is a like the leash one is a bit of an outlier. I think you know going back into Division Four, I I I I probably don't know an, an enough about it. But like, but like, leash football in Division Four. Leash have too many good footballers to be in Division Four. I think so. Too many good clubs as well. Uh, too many good competitive clubs, even at 
at provincial club level. Um, who did I see? Who you saw Port Harrington earlier in the year in the Leinster Port Harrington earlier in the year as well. I thought they were. Um, I thought they, yeah, I thought they were really good. Um, and then obviously you have Port Leash and you have you, there's 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 a, there's a number of uh, of clubs over the last couple of years who've, who've done well. Um, uh, so I don't I don't know exactly why Leash are where they're at um, football wise, but um, when I seen them early in the year, I thought they would have a seriously good chance of coming out of Division Three, not not going the other way. I definitely didn't think they'd go the other way. Um, as far as Calvin and Tipperary are concerned, uh, they did what they had to do. Um, Calvin can go again. Calvin can, Calvin get, can get promoted again next year. They won that of those sort of teams, and probably somewhere in the round division two is probably um, sort of powerful where they are. Um, and Tipperary are probably a division three team. So um, the the thing about uh, the league when you're talking about panic. Um, the thing about the league is that uh, we had a serious reaction to some of the things that were happening early on in the league, but they usually level themselves out. And I think where everybody has ended up more or less is where they deserve to be. And not just as that happened on a basis. I went back and looked at the on the current format, the first real year after things settled down of that format. If you look at the eight teams who were in Division 4 for next year, Six of them were in Division 4 when this current format of the league really got uh, bedded in in 2008-2009. And that tells a story too. It's, it's, it's teams who are stuck in that area and only really Clare have escaped from, from that Division 3, Division 4 area or being stuck in Division 4. And th- there, there must be something wrong with that, Paddy. There must be some, there must be some reason why that's happening. Yeah, look, I mean, you can't escape sometimes population, geography. Um, I mean, how many of those teams would you argue should be doing better than they are? I mean, and then who should they be doing better than? That's the question. I mean, who should sit down there instead of them? I mean, you take Waterford, for instance. Like, Waterford are, you know, there's, there's some very, very competitive Waterford club teams, you know, but the reality is how, how can they get that together? And, I mean, I find it so difficult looking at, like, inter-county lads. If you're losing the whole time, how, how do you keep going back? How do you have that motivation to go back year after year? And how, will you, how, how do you get a squad to stick together for long enough that they'll develop physically to be at that level and to keep a good management group together to develop? It's just so difficult. It's hard enough to do it when you're, you know, if you're Cork and you're, you're dropping slightly up and down a little bit. But to be, to be at the base of Division 4 and to, to get any buy-in from, from a group over over three four years which would be required to to develop and to to, you know, to first of all to physically get at that level i just think sometimes we, we take it for granted that it's doable it's it's a hard slog there like it's it's there's no there's no magic form as to why they're down there like turnover turnover of players lads is, is huge then your turnover managers as well is another thing there's no real continuity everybody come in every that comes into those Division 4 teams, they're, they're all looking instant success because they know if, if the success isn't instant, it'll be moved along. Like it, if you're going to make it sustainable, you have to, you know, there has to be a, a process where um, you feel as if in five years something could be sustainable. Like There's nothing to say that some of those teams that are down there, not them all, but some of those teams can't get out of Division 4 and get into Division 3, but What's inevitably going to happen? They're going to go down, back down into Division 4. Manager might get another year. All of a sudden, he's gone. 
you know, who's implementing the ideas, you know, who's implementing the ideas, you know, that, that this can be sustainable in long term. And look, at the GA is a funny place anyway, because, you know, if, you, if, if you're a manager and you win, you're brilliant. If you lose, you're a gobshite. There's no real, there's no real area, you know, um, in between. So um, I think that, you know, continuity and not blinking every time, you know, you lose or, or there's a there's a poor result and I think giving somebody a chance to build something but also like if you're bringing in a manager from outside if you're you know bringing in somebody and you know they're getting a few pounds and maybe they're raising the profile of the of the of the county footballers and stuff there still has to be somebody who's in the background or a team of people who are in the background making sure that the momentum is sustainable and that the SNC is proper and the players are getting looked after and the way they should and they're not going around begging for pitches every week and all all of those simple little things that a lot of the top counties take for granted um, need to be implemented down below. And if you can implement them, and yeah, I just sometimes like like a Mickey Hart, for example, you know, going into Loud, that's done absolutely no harm because what it's done is it's raised the profile. So so the key to that is when you're raising the profile is to have all the little walkers, all the little beaver and in behind the, the making the most of what's happening making sure that whoever comes walking through the, the door the next time that the things are in place and there's certain things that are there for that manager when he comes in that he's not going listen guys i'm taking in a full new team uh new backup staff new we full board. there's certain things that are um that should be in place for all county teams and uh, that's not the case with some of the teams down below there's somebody coming in and Paddy, Paddy says, like, you know, the turnover of players and lads who are on a weights program, are, you know, and all of a sudden there's a new crew of lads and they're on the way, you know, and like, even just, I, I even just noticed, like, in, in Armagh, like, that the, the, there's 26 players named on the, on the, on the match day panel, but there's another 20 or whatever behind the scenes who are, who are, you know, trying to get to eventually get to that next level. That's, that's only happened in the last number of years. And I think, that's why, you know, I was talking during the week about, and I know I've mentioned a hundred times now on this, even on this podcast, but sustainability, if you want to have that sustainability, there needs to be, you know, you need to be looking at players who are coming out of 19s and 20s and maybe not just quite ready, but you're introducing them into the into the setup. You're giving them an opportunity to see what's going on. You're giving them the opportunity to stick around. Uh, have they got that uh, ability to stick around? Have they got the ability to... Um, to do what what you know what is expected of an intercounty player, and by the time they are introduced, they're ready to rock, and that's the, that's the way you want it. Can I just follow up on that? Like I, I'd always wonder, like when you break through in a, an intercounty team, for me, you've a couple of years. You know, if you haven't made it after two, three years, not starting, yeah. I don't know how anyone sticks it. You know, like intercounty team, maybe twenty years ago when there was a bit of crack and there was sessions after and buses and, and this and that, the other you kept going. And it was, you know, a balance, you go back and play at your club. You know, nowadays it's so intense. And, like, if you're there three, four years and you're not starting regularly, you know, the the, the will to keep going, I, I find it amazing sometimes how they keep doing it, um, especially in the in the, the teams that aren't very successful. And that's why Dublin, they kept on to like Manaman, Darren McCauley, all these lads, because they were they were close to all Ireland's every year. They were, you know, within touching distance. They were have to play the, the impact sub role, but... Like you see the the age profile of players nowadays, like it's so it's so young. Like especially the squad members. If 
any fellow who doesn't get his game, if he's hit his mid-twenties, most fellas are, are saying, you know, this isn't worth it. You know, there's no social life involved. Don't get me wrong, look, I'm not, I'm not you know, saying it's a huge commitment and it's, you know, more than any other sport or whatever else, but I just think that, you know, at that, at the lower, at the lower divisions, you know, you're not getting success, you're getting no line, like there's no buzz about your games, no crowds. You know, if you're not starting after a couple of years, uh, you've got all your, you know, you're not in college anymore, you're working, um, to commit and to company set up, I think is just so difficult for managers to ask that of, of players anymore. Um, it's just yeah, it's not just a not winning. It's not right. It's not just a not winning. It's a not playing. If you're, right. if it's, if it's an end, endless cycle of, 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 of training weights, diet, training weights, diet, and you don't actually get to get on the field. Have you ever been in a setup where? There have been players seriously disgruntled at at not getting games. Oh yeah, jeez, I, I put my hand up on that. Um, yeah, like and that's natural. I think if you don't have that, like you'd, you'd question a fellow if he's not if he's not annoyed that he's not starting at intercounty level. It's one thing at club level you might have a few lads who are you know able but you know not willing to not go in the extra mile. But happy to still be down there for a social thing. But the intercounty thing is like you talk about. I know Cork lads like they're doing their video lads of the their league game. You know, that's the oppositions. They've all the diet talk, all the sports psychology stuff, and that's brilliant. You know, you, I'd lap that up. But if you're not getting the minutes, I don't care what sports psychologist you have, you're not gonna, you're not gonna last too long. If you're not, this is not. It is not if you're in your not in your first year or two. Um, I don't know too many fellas hanging around in their mid to late twenties getting a handful of minutes just for the the love of the jersey and stuff. I'm not sure is that. Does that suffice anymore? Um, and you say yourself, you 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 hold your hand up there. What do you mean by that? Uh, yeah, like I would have found my last couple of years, I was I was so bad injury prone, and that you know when you get so little game time, now look, I I would admit fitness wise was I was way off in terms of fitness wise, but um, like it's so difficult when you're when you're training and the tactics are brilliant stuff and you're buying into tactics, but you know you're still you're still a sub and maybe an unused sub at times. You know, that's soul destroying. Like whatever about the buzz of things, it's you know we're all we're all selfish points at all. You know that's that's the way we are. We have an ego, and we think we're good enough to start or good enough to come on. Um, I think if you if you say you're not, then I think I, I question if you're telling the truth or not. Because um, I've certainly been in dressing rooms where we've won and you haven't got a run, or you've only got a small bit, and you're delighted you're true, but you're you're still fairly peeved that you're not getting what you think you're entitled to, and that's. I've seen that with loads of lads through on and I wouldn't criticize any fellow for being that way. Um, and that's why I marvel at Jim Gavin to how he managed to keep that Dublin team afloat while, while just juggling all those all those egos and all that, that talent. But that's human nature. I don't I don't see it as a as a major issue. Oshin, have you ever sat there when a team has won and you haven't played and just not just gone, Ugh, don't really care here? I wouldn't say I didn't care, but my last year, bit like Paddy, I, uh, my last year with, with Armagh, I didn't play a lot of time. I think I played 15 minutes in an Ulster final. Um, I was in Crow Park. We played um, 2008. We played Wexford in an All-Ireland quarterfinal. And uh, our, we were really, we couldn't score. And uh, I thought, Definitely. So I run up and down past the manager a couple of times, just making sure that he hadn't completely forgotten that I was on the bus. Um, and one of our midfielders 
uh, got injured and they were taking him off and uh, they put in the uh, second choice full back in the middle of the field. Oh. And I just thought <laughs> that's probably it for me. Um, we won the Ulster title that year. I, I didn't go up and lift the cup because I didn't feel par- part of it and probably regret that maybe a little bit now, you know, but I was I was pretty disgruntled about the whole thing. Did you say anything? No, I didn't because I knew he, I knew the manager didn't I knew he didn't he, he didn't rate me and I, I just thought um I'll just I'll, I'll sit there and I'll, I I did everything that year. What I decided to do was I was going to do everything to the best of my ability. Absolutely everything and I was going to um just be the best that I could be around the place and all that. But um, I I had my mind made up that that was going to be me. That was my last year. Um, and I sort of, as I say, I sort of had a fair idea that he that he wasn't going to play me regardless of what happened. I, I did this, the spoiled child thing. And, and I suppose I decided halfway through the year I was going to give the best I could give. I was going to just be as good as I could be around the place, young lads, all that sort of thing. Um, but I knew that at the end of the year that I was going, so I sort of had made, made me peace in that way. But um, I spent the year being a very disgruntled uh, individual. I was thirty-three years of age, and I was I was probably acting like I was twelve, realistically. But um, there's nothing worse than sitting there feeling you can do something and you're not getting the opportunity. So, uh, so yeah, so it it is a and and as for disgruntled players, I deal, I deal with disgruntled players all the time, and if they weren't disgruntled, I, I'd be even more worried. Yeah, 1992, I got left off for a county semi final. I was told on a Thursday night, I was I wasn't starting the county semi final, and uh, by Friday lunchtime, myself and my great friends uh, Nigel Brennan were in Clonmel sitting at the bar drinking pints at the Flag Hill. <laughs> we had a great time. I came back. <laughs> I came back on the morning of the game and I was sitting in the dressing room before the game and the manager thought it was useless and there's no way I was going to play. And um, one of my mates said to me, Jesus, the smell of drink off you is shocking. He was joking, but he was right. He got it, abs- I got it absolutely spot on. I, I was reading about Wayne Rooney in um, at the weekend. Wayne Rooney after the 2008 County, or after <laughs> Wayne Rooney after the 2008 Champions League final. I would have Man United beat Chelsea, Chelsea, and he cried his eyes out that night with Michael Clegg, who was the weights guy in Man United, because he played rubbish in the final. He thought he played terribly. His moment had passed, and even though Man United won, he was soured that he had played so poorly. Have Have you ever felt like that? I don't. I certainly played poorly in big games, and we still won. No, I don't think it's ever. I don't think it's ever gone to that stage. Um, uh, do you know that that weird question? Do you ever take solace when you play well and the team loses? Um, it's the flip side of that. No, I don't. Look, I think the way GA is once you know once you've won, I think you're able to park the your your own poor performance. I think like it'll still niggle at you privately, but I think you'll you'll still be able to park it for that session or, or two that you you know you get. Um, you know, it might eat at you over a winter, like. But if it's a, if it's finally you've won, you know that's geez, you you'd you'll get over that. I think you personally get over that in a happy or a stubborn county. But you know, it's the the losing, the the gnawing effect of losing and the what ifs and the you know analyzing every play and everything you did and the build up and whatnot. You know, that's the one that that's the one that kills it. Never worry about the the winning and not playing well. That's uh, 
that's you get, I think I personally think you get over that pretty okay. I I, I, I personally was a well, I was one of those delusional individuals that always felt I played well. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so that got me over that got me that got me through that. It was only probably when I stopped playing that I looked back in a few games and thought, hmm. That wasn't great. <laughs> but yeah, at the time, it was completely delusional. I just went with it. Everybody said, you did great. And I said, yeah. We and that thing that Paddy alluded to there, that solace of playing well when a team loses. Uh, for me, I don't know. It just it always seemed worse. Probably 2000, we played Kerry um, in All-Ireland semi-final. Uh, I got 1-9 in the, in the replay and, and uh, didn't give me any solace whatsoever. I uh, I probably took that defeat worse than I took any other defeat, you know, as far as I'm our concerned. When you look back, when you look up, look back at this, these defeats, they come very readily to your mind. Do you think more about the losses than the wins? Uh, yeah, definitely, because the wins, you just, uh, you know, even at the time, you sort of, you're just in that moment. You just sort of take it for granted. It's it's only when you when you lose, you just you step back and you go, whoa. And I think even as you know, as I've as I've gone into coaching and managing, uh, sometimes you, you can just you know you win the game and you probably your learnings are nowhere near you know where they are whenever you um, whenever you get beat. So it's 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 you know it's trying to do that that's that's a massive thing is trying to learn whenever you, you lose or whenever you win I realize that there's more work to be done but it's definitely more stark whenever you whenever you lose the game and yeah but i mean now i mean now as you look back there's no more learning for you like you're you're not playing anymore i, I like do you i've been called up for a couple of charity matches paul but any of us don't <laughs> want to talk about that horrific <laughs> yeah we we lost in 2009 to uh Kerry and Dollar and final that one still absolutely will call you till the till the day you die. It's, you uh, had them in the first. I, I was watching that from the top of the back of the canal end, and you were all over them at the start. Yeah, yeah. I call them call them only the rattle goal early. Um, I don't know if we go four up, maybe four or five up. Um, like, look, you still look back and say that Kerry team was exceptional. You know that Naughty's Kerry team were. They were yeah, they're a brilliant team. It's a pump. It doesn't give you much solace, you know. Like, geez, you were you got where you wanted to be. Um, Cork had already lost 2007 to Kerry, so you know that, that experience was there already. We were just coming off the back of a huge win against Tyrone in the semi-final, and like to play Kerry Northern final. And oh, geez, I can still remember the back then the, the crowd were still out on, and just the whistle blowing, and the Kerry crowd coming on. It was just just those hours and days and weeks, years after, just. I don't know. Will it ever? Will it ever thaw? It's just, um, just one of those ones where you wish you could. Of all the results, you wish you could change. Just beating Kerry Northern Ireland final would have been just phenomenal. Um, just, just. Why do you think? Why, why do you think you didn't win that day? Uh, look, the, the simple thing: we didn't perform well enough. We. Um, oh, it, do you know what? It's actually one I'd say I don't know. I've ever watched back. Um, it's look. It's one where we 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 can have no excuses. Like we we had an experienced squad. We had a, a fit squad. Everyone was in good shape. We we played Kerry enough to know what they were going to bring. Um, Kerry just produced like Tommy Walsh. Tommy Walsh kicked four from play. I'd say. Yeah. I remember trying to block him. He kicked one off his left. I thought it was just going to be a swinger and sailed over the bar. 
and they just they just performed. They just turned up the heat in the second half, and we just weren't good enough as a forwards. Victor, we didn't we didn't get the scores. I don't know what we end up with. End up with a low enough score. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like if you go to the psychological stuff, I'm not sure where where that comes into it in terms of Cork not beating Kerry in Croker, um, and then the next year against Down. Like you know, down, down. I would. They weren't a flash in the pan, but they certainly weren't a team who were knocking on the door or staying knocking the door. And yeah, to still only scrape over and see how difficult it was to just get that one by the narrowest of margins. It's just like look, you'd you'd thank your lucky stars you got one. You're always putting it like oh nine goals. Me twenty twelve against Donny Gall semi final. Um, that's another one where we were right at it that year. Really good up there. Up there. Um, do you know you you'd look and say, "Geez, should we've got three out of that?" That's still. Um, it's really but, interesting, Paddy, the way you're talking about those games because you talk about the one you won, how you fell over the line, but you're talking in detail about the ones you lost. Yeah, yeah, look, that's look, Oshin said. That's human nature. You just you always focus on like you play a match. You would all it always been the way. Like you were lucky playing the county. All your games were were recorded on TV. It was always your mistake you look at, you know. It wasn't a couple of good things you did. It was always, you know, how did I drop that or, you know, how did I miss that or where was in that break? It, it, that's just human nature. That's the competitiveness in you when you're at that level. You're you're always looking for the, the small margin, the improvements. And that's one thing I think from having spoken to that since then, I think, like, we don't realise how big a critic we are of ourselves, you know. The best players, they're still so critical and so uh, they judge themselves so harshly. Um, that's maybe a way to get back, get to that level. Like so, um, yeah, it's uh, look that nine final. I don't care if it's ten years or fifty years, it'll be that nine final is still just, it's always just, just cut deeper. Do you think about the Tyrone loss, Oshin? I actually think about the O five Tyrone loss. Um, o three sort of. I didn't think we were we were right at it that year. Um, but O five, it got the semi final. Yeah, that was the best we ever were. That was the that was an amazing game. game of football. I think that's I think that's my favorite ever game of football. It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I tell you the way that worked that year. We played each other three times. Played in the Ulster final the first day. Um, yeah, we were better than Croke Park. The games in Croke Park, there were there were yeah. places as good as full. Yeah, I'll tell you what, no, actually, the, the the match we drew, it was probably sort of 50-50. Um, and then the next day, they absolutely pulverized us uh, in the Ulster final, and we won uh, by a point, or was it two, or one or two points. And we played them completely off the park in the semi-final, and they beat us by a point. Last-minute kick from uh, from Peter Cameron, last-minute free kick. Um, that's the one that galls me most, because, as I say, I didn't think we were. I didn't think anybody could stop us that year. We're so. Did you get in your so, own way at the end with the changes you made? Uh, maybe, yeah. We we took geezer off and put end on as a reaction to to them taking on Canavan. Um, and I don't think anybody had gone through the middle of the defence all day for obvious yeah. re- for obvious reasons. And um, they, that's that's what they did. Uh, Sean Cavan actually went went. Solon right through the middle, uh, popped it off, and they got a score. Um, uh, they got to, I think they probably got the last three scores of the game. Um, but as I say, that was the best we were. We were physical. We were 
we're mobile, we're, we're playing unbelievable football. And so that's probably the one that really hurts. You know, Paddy's talking about should they have got three, that was the one where we, that was the time we should have got two. We, I know we had a couple of different uh, chances and half chances and all that sort of thing, but that was the real Did you watch the All-Ireland final then that year? No. No, couldn't do it. And I've been in that situation a couple of times where I just can't, I can't do it. I get sick. I would be physically sick. I would vomit definitely, and I've been in that situation with. Um, I've been I've been in that situation, and then uh, actually we were uh, beat in a semi final of a club All Ireland, and I was asked to walk in the final, and I went to walk in the final, and I walked through. I walked through that, along with my therapist. Um, uh, we we walked through that one together. It was probably a good idea just to go and watch it, but at the time I couldn't. And je- and, je- and when I say like I know we're laughing, but I would be physically sick watching. Physically sick, I would vomit watching it because it just hurts that much whenever you know that you should be there and you should be. There's other times when you, there's other times, there's other games where you, you know you've been. Sport is so good for you, watch. really, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's so it's so good. It's so rewarding. <laughs> uh, that's why we encourage our kids to get involved in sport for all of the heartache. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, it's perspective, uh, everything. I mean, it's yeah, just it's, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it is. It's cruel. It's cruel, but we wouldn't have it any other way, would we? We would not. Thank you to Larry Ryan for running this podcast, to Raf Rocca, to Jack Neville, to Tony Lean, to everyone at Examiner Sport. A huge thanks to Ushin and uh, especially to Paddy Kelly for joining us uh, today. We'll be back soon. Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.